We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 258. Kind of seems like the Yankees have written the ship after the the Boston Massacre. That was a full week ago at this point. Do you feel a little bit better about everything, Scott? Yeah, I'd say say I do. Remember, if you recall, I, I forgot about that, whatever... You know, the, whatever massacre you're speaking of, uh, that that's a, a distant memory. It's no longer there. I've scrubbed it. Um, you know, did the uh, Men in Black thing. Uh, it's, it is gone. Uh, so yeah, the Yankees are playing good baseball. It's um, they're 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 doing things. I think there's been some hiccups along the ro- along the way. There's no doubt. Um, but overall, I think with what we see in front of us and what and the and the teams that we've played, they're they're playing you know good enough to beat them. Yeah, you just uh, gain a little confidence on the punching bags of the White Sox and the Texas Rangers and things like that. It's crazy because they're not playing great baseball, but they're no. they're playing good enough <laughs> baseball. <laughs> well, yeah, we have some numbers here that we're going to get into everything, but like 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 we said, the Yankees six and one since the Boston series. Overall, they're seventy four and forty three, and like you just said, they're not playing great baseball. What does that what does that say? Does that mean that this team is just so good that they can play average baseball and still beat teams most of the time? Or does that just say a lot of the teams, most of the teams except for the guys at the top of the uh divisions just totally suck? Well, yeah, that that definitely I think that's part of it. I think it's a big part of it is that the teams aren't very good and they just, the Yankees just weren't taking advantage of that early on. 
um, seems like they've they have righted that ship and they're actually taking advantage of the the bad teams and they're going to need to for the rest of the season. So like I, I think this is actually a good sign. The fact that they cannot play their best baseball and still come out with victories in some of these games that you know if you're playing a decent team you're not coming out with a victory. Um, but it's it's just one of those when you when you see the teams in front of you you gotta figure out a way to beat them on, on a given day and that's what they've been doing so they've been doing their job yeah and I think most Yankee fans um, when they look at it they you can pick and you can pick out a ton of issues with this team whether it's the starting rotation some guys in the bullpen not not performing the offense having holes in it because there's been so many injuries so I think that's why um, just. Just reading different articles and, and watching fan reactions on on social media, you'd think this team is falling apart at the seams. Well, yeah, when you have Sugar Shane Robinson going out there and starting, and basically you're you're starting right fielder at this point. Oh yeah, get used to get used to uh, Robinson for a long time now. Yeah, that's 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 a problem. And and when you see that guy out there in your starting lineup, uh, it seems like every day, you know, there's only been a few cards that haven't included Mr. Robinson on there. You know, that's that's not good. That's not what you want to see. That's not what you want when you're watching Yankee baseball. It's not what you want? It's not what you I've want. Heard, I've heard that before. I, I'm still disappointed that I'm not seeing uh, two ear holes on his helmet, though. I mean, he really, really, really belongs in a two-ear hole helmet. I don't, know oh, yeah, why. He, I don't know why someone hasn't given him that helmet yet. He's like the kid in Little League that has to get a, a three innings in the field and an at-bat because he's on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, guy, the guy deserves the, the two ear holes. I, I think uh, <laughs> someone needs to give that to him. Uh, all right, a couple of housekeeping notes. First of all, t- today, as you guys are listening to this, is the makeup game against the Mets. That was supposed to be our uh, Subway Series event a couple of weeks ago. It was a Sunday night game that got rained out. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be still going to that game. I will be going to that game. I'll be coming right from the office. Uh, I'm going to try and get to the dugout early going to try and get there by 5 6 o'clock we can have a few drinks before we head into the stadium but i will definitely be at the game looking forward to to everyone who uh can still make it from that that first event or that that first uh date that it was supposed to be yeah definitely uh, unfortunately mondays are not conducive to me with work and things like that so i'm not able to get to this one um but the next event obviously is the following weekend is the uh, august 18th event which is the 1998 20 year celebration game we have a good crowd we'll be out there um we're gonna be in left field this time which is uh section 234 which is the basically the opposites um the exact same seats really just in left field uh so that's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna be at the the uh the dugout pregame at 10 o'clock, breakfast beers for 20 years. It's going to be the second time we're doing that. Today, as you're listening, we're recording this on Sunday, so that's why we keep saying that. But Monday is the, the cutoff for tickets. So if you have not gotten your crew together, get them together. Uh, today will be the last day that you can do this. Again, we're running that same promotion. Um, if you bring five people, then you get your ticket for half off. And then if you bring 10 people, 10 plus in your in your group and you're the captain of that group, you get your ticket for free. So you just got to shoot us an email, info at Bronx Pinstripes before you buy and I will send you a code uh, that will get you your ticket for free or half off if you're doing that deal. But make sure you get that uh, in today because we're going to start with the you know transferring of the tickets and doing all that stuff too. Um, a lot of the t-shirts were already ordered. They'll be delivering um, you know middle probably early to middle of this week. And uh, I, I did, uh, you know, put in for a whole bunch of extras as well. So if anybody who signs up late, I can most likely bring them um, with me as many as I can fit in a duffel bag. So uh, I'm, I'm the sketchy guy with a duffel bag walking around the bars and the stadium usually when, when we have these events. 
But we know the gate to go in in the stadium to make sure that they let us in. Uh, dude, you just you just screwed me. You no. just screwed me. I'm not saying what gate it is. No, I no, know. No one knows where we're going to be. I feel like I feel like you just said that I'm 100 percent getting in now with my duffel bag of goodies. Hey, I've had enough. There's usually equipment. things hidden. There's usually things hidden in my 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 duffel bag. I've had enough equipment and things confiscated at Yankee Stadium that uh, it's it's about time you've had some. Maybe your luck has run out. No, we don't need that. That's the the, 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 the two wrongs don't make a right here. This is not, this is not what we I'm want. Just, I'm just bitter. Uh, um, but yeah, if you guys, this is the yeah, last one. Uh, sorry. And then the 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 final event. This is gonna be the final one of the season. Um, we're back in uh, in our in our original home of 205, where we will normally be. Um, that's the September 15th event. That's the uh, versus Toronto. Right now, it's a four o'clock game, but it is a flex game, so they may switch it to a different time. We won't know until they actually do that or don't do that. And I will, uh, as soon as they do, you know, make a, a change, I'll, I'll put it out there and make sure everybody knows. Um, but we but learned our lesson not. last year. They can flex games earlier. We didn't think that was possible. It had never been done in the history of flexing games. Right. It happened. Yes, we were told that it was not possible, and then it <laughs> did happen, and it was possible. So that is apparently a possibility, but not a likelihood is what they say. So we'll see. It's going to be a playoff tune-up uh, on September 15th because uh, the way things are shaking out, that's, that's how the season is going. So uh, definitely get your tickets uh, for, for that. But if you are interested in maybe getting some playoff tickets or uh, if you want to go see some football games, which is back, SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. So, Scott, they just said football's coming back. You excited about the Jets season? You think you're going to go to a game this year? No, absolutely. I, I am excited. I actually got very excited watching the, uh, the preseason game with Sarah, Sam Darnold. Kid looks like the real deal. I'm pumped mm-hmm. up. I'm waiting for Brady to retire now in a year and a half. All the contracts. The vision is, is ours. Oh, yeah, it's all done. It's all done. Yep. So I will absolutely be in the uh, in in the stadium watching uh, our new boy Darnold. I was not excited about him beforehand, but then I saw him play, and I'm very excited about him. Oh, you're roped in. This is oh good. yeah, oh, this yeah. is good. You're excited. Everyone, every Jets fan's excited in August. <laughs> but uh, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket with a base value. They uh, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with ver- with a lot of confidence. I actually do use SeatGeek uh, when I'm when I do go to the Jets game. I use SeatGeek. It's by far the easiest way uh, that I've found to shop for tickets. I actually just used tickets to buy. Um, I actually bought some for my my brother in law to go to one of the preseason games. Uh, that are coming up. So I'm excited for that. And then also SeatGeek is great for playoff games for the New York Yankees. Obviously, uh, we're, we're gearing towards hopefully a, uh, I mean, who knows, maybe a division, but probably a wild card. So you can use it there. Best of all, everybody listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show can use uh, the Seat the promo code Bronx and get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter code promo, enter promo code Bronx today and get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay. As you said, probably uh, heading towards a wild card game. It doesn't, it kind of feel anticlimactic at this point with the way the season is shaking out. The Yankees are 74 and 43. It's a great record. It just so happens. The Red Sox are on a historic pace so with the way things are shaking out, we kind of know it's going to be either Oakland coming into Yankee Stadium or Seattle coming into Yankee Stadium in early October for that one-game wild card, do or die. 
Yeah, that's what it feels like right now. I mean, it, it feels like the the Red Sox are are untouchable in the in the in the division at this point because I mean the Yankees have played six and one ball since them since uh, since leaving the uh, the the terrible confines of Fenway Park. The thing that will not be named. The thing but that we will not we discuss. Know that kind of happened, maybe. And, and I think that what have they lost half a game? I think it is. Yeah, they lost half a game <laughs> so, because because you know why. Boston actually proved us wrong, and they swept a doubleheader against Baltimore. So that can happen, believe it or not. Yeah, well, so Michael Kay was right, and, uh, and, and Boston proved him right. There you go. So, you know, you, you play 6-1 and one ball. You'd think that, you know, maybe you're making up some ground, and no, you lose half a game. So, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's, uh, it's there unless Boston goes on something, something, some kind of a losing streak, which they are due for. I mean, they are, if due is, is a thing, and if you believe in being due for things, they're due for a long losing streak at some point uh they just haven't done it and it doesn't look like they're they're losing much of their uh, their stride so um yeah looks like we're going for a wild card looks we're gonna get some uh, some west coast team over into the uh into the bronx well i was thinking that the what really the difference is now between the division is do you play the uh, american league division series in fenway park or at home at yankee stadium against the red sox because if the Yankee, the Yankees have the second best record in baseball. So if they do catch the Red Sox somehow, they go on this unbelievable tear and Boston maybe plays 500, that means they're just going to swap places. The Yankees will have the best record in baseball. Boston will have the second best record. You're going to assume that the Yankees can win the wild card game just like the Red Sox can win the wild card game. And that other team's coming into town. So the difference is one game in the division series, either in Boston or in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. But but that's a big deal, right? I mean, I, of course it's that's a huge an absolutely deal. big deal. So the, the the if they're if they're not trying to, I mean, they have to be looking at the division still at some point, right? I mean, you're not looking at it on a daily basis. You're trying to win games, and then you look up every once in a while and see where you are. They can't be chasing the Red Sox right now. They got to be ch- they got to be winning games and, and worry about their their own business at this point. And and if I it th- works out, then it works out. I think the whole notion of at least. Um, the narrative of chasing Boston ended when they got swept. You, ca- you, you couldn't get swept. You couldn't have gotten swept in that series. That was the one thing you can't do, and that's what happened. So I, we're being realistic about it. I understand there's 40-plus games left in the season, but with the way these te- two teams are trending and the fact that you have six more games against them, unless you win all six of those, it's going to be really, really, really difficult to catch Boston. Yeah. And I think that... You have to be realistic about that, especially when you have Gary Sanchez out and Aaron Judge out and Shane Robinson playing the outfield every single day. Like Shane Robinson comes into the clubhouse like, I can't be in the lineup again, right? Like this has been one big prank. Oh, shit. I'm in the lineup again? Is this a make-a-wish? What is going on here? No, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly not, not what you're looking at it, it, the, with the lineup. See, the one thing, I, the one thing if the, the Yankees would do, if they focus on, like, on, on trying, if they focus on winning games, obviously, that's the, the main focus, right? Handling internal business. But if they could go through this month and, and somehow you know, get a few games and, and try to get within, I don't know, six games, something, five, six games somehow scratch back into that, like, I think there's a chance and you're going to put some pressure on. They absolutely have to get within a, a, a stone's throw so that at least least there's that pressure on Boston, um, you know, heading down the stretch. And, and obviously the, the last series is at Fenway Park between the Yankees and the Red Sox. So that's a big deal. But, you know, if they're not a stone's throw within, you know, the beginning of that month, I think that, 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 that there's going to be some, uh, some preparing for, you know, the, the wild card and, and Boston preparing for the division. Like you'll be able to prepare and set your, you know, what you're going to do, I think, a lot earlier at that point. 
Uh, this actually it's kind of reminds me of something that happened with the Jets, as we were just talking about a few years ago. You remember that playoff game against the Bengals, um, and they played them in the last game of the season, and the Bengals rested everybody. Yeah, They just didn't want to play anybody, and then the Jets played it like it was a playoff game. They had to win it. They won it, and then in the playoff game, the Jets actually won. Well, the Yankees are going to be in Boston the last uh, weekend of the year. Boston might be resting everybody, and they might be cold by the time the division series comes around, and that might play into the Yankees' hands that way. I'm just kind of t- trying to talk myself into ways how this could actually be a good thing for the Yankees. Well, I mean, you know, if they, are, if they're, if they go into that series and, and they, everything's already set, you know, they know, they know that they're going to be in the wild card at that point, and the Red Sox know that they're, they have the division. I mean, you can line your pitching up at that point. You can, you can do things that, that are, will benefit you uh, compared to what the other team is doing, at least. Because it seems like that other, the other teams, uh, Oakland, Seattle, like they're going to be battling. They have a, they have a tight race that's, that's going to be happening down the stretch. So, you know, the hope is that they kind of uh, wear themselves out at the end and, and they have a tight battle for, for whoever the, the team is to face the wild card. But um, what if the Yankees have to win a couple of those Boston games to lock it in at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, I mean that's 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 a big deal. That's a big deal. Then you can uh, you could you could do so much. You still I th- I still think you could set your pitching up to an extent. You know you can you can you can set it up uh, by getting other guys starts beforehand and just I don't know lining lining them up uh, to to your advantage. And maybe it's not Severino, um, but it could be. You know, you're, whoever the number two is at that point, whoever's oh boy, whoever's pitching already, as the number two right there. You're already writing off Severino at this point. No, no, I said if it's not Severino, I if said you not. don't have to throw Severino. No, I said you don't have to throw Severino. I'm saying to start the wild card. Like if you have to throw uh-huh. Severino beforehand, you can line up whoever the number two would be. Uh, we actually have a mailbag question about a future playoff rotation in a few. In a, we'll get to in a few minutes. But isn't it crazy? We're sitting here August 12th and we're already talking about the first round of the playoffs because. That, like again, that's where the, that's where we are at this point in this season. I didn't think I thought it was going to be a battle towards the end with the Red Sox. Maybe it still will be, but as we're sitting here in mid-August, it doesn't feel like one. No, I mean you have to look at what the standings say right now. And yes, I know it's not like I'm I'm not giving up on the division. I'm not saying that because I do believe that Boston's at some point going to get cold and they're going to run into a cold streak. And if the Yankees could take advantage of that, then this lead could absolutely get much smaller very fast. It could definitely happen that way. Um, because I, 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 you know, I don't know. I just don't think it's sustainable what they're doing. And I didn't think it was sustainable until this point. So the fact that they they have kept it going as long as they have. You know, obviously, uh, you know, gives me the worry that they're not going to go into one of those cold streaks. But the fact of the matter is, the Yankees have to take advantage of their opportunities. If the if the if the Red Sox do hit some kind of a lose, even if it's like three games, four games, something like that, Yankees got to be winning those games uh, if they're losing that many. Okay, so the the Red Sox come into Yankee Stadium on September 18th for a three game series. Yeah, um, where do the where do the standings have to be? where it's putting a little pressure on, on the Red Sox at that point. Do, does it have to be within six? So if the Yankees sweep all of those games, then we could have a tie scenario? Yeah, I think if you're at seven, it's, it's, it seems like a little bit further out. Like five, six seems like you know, very reachable at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think, because I think five, we're six, in the final countdown that. at that point, there's two weeks left in the season at that point. Yeah. Um, at least the Yankees could know, okay, there's pressure coming on Boston right now. If we sweep the series at home, They've got to play for something down the stretch. This is getting interesting. So I think as a Yankee fan, that's where I, that's where uh, that's a realistic best case scenario where it could be. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I think August they they really need to, to close this month out in uh, 
you know, with a with a really good record and, and hope that Boston loses some games. And and if we can knock that, you know, knock that lead down um, uh, three games, let's say knock it down three games to where it is now. I think you're then walking into September with a, you know, it's a it's, it's still a long shot, but you have six games still against that team. If you can make up a few games in between then, um, you know, there's absolutely a, a shot of, of at least having a, you know, a puncher's chance at that point. So I, I think it's important that they continue to win. And, and if they can cut that lead down, um, at, you know, by three games or so in the next uh, in the next two, three weeks, that would be huge. Yeah. And they're going to have to do it with Robinson playing a lot in the outfield because Stanton is dealing with a hamstring injury, which he even said um, relegated to DHing doesn't seem to be affecting his offense, though, because he's been mashing the ball. He's been crushing the ball. I mean, literally hitting the hardest ball, the hardest hit home run ball uh, in the Statcast era you know, for the last uh, this year and last year, I think. Right? The, the, the it's a Statcast era, which is dating back to 2015. It was 121.7 miles an hour, 449 feet. Just an absolute missile. I feel bad for the dude out in left field who had to attempt to catch that thing. Yeah, it's a freaking laser beam. Um, I would not. I mean, you got to try to put your hand up, right? You don't know it's coming that fast. You well, just see yeah, a ball so coming fast. You. It's like, oh, I'm going to catch a home run. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's my hand's my broken. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's not affecting him at all. It seems like uh, he's like completely dialed in. I mean, he's been he's been hitting over 300 uh, since what the start of June, and yeah. the ball the ball's leaving the park. And and I think it's because he's he's hitting those line drives so damn hard. You're seeing so many of them go out, and, and just not many guys can do that. Since the start of June, 308 with 19 home runs. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a really good chunk of the season where he's hitting over 300, which, let's be honest, when I watched him in April and May, I didn't think he was anywhere close to a 300 hitter. Did you? Well, no, because what we saw in April and May was just a... I think it was it, it was very out of... I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's on par, like kind of close to what he has started in, uh, in Florida, but again... I, I still stick to this. I think there were so many circumstances with the beginning of the season with the weather and him coming over as a new player and just all sorts of things that were piled on top of him that, that played into um, his poor play. And his swing looked like dog shit. I mean, it was it was just getting weird. At, at one point, I don't know how else to describe it, but it was getting weird in the way that he was um, hacking at the ball. And now it seems it's still his own thing, but it seems like he's a lot more in control. His body's more in control with what he's doing with the bat. Do you remember we spent an entire 10 minutes on the podcast dissecting if he closed his stance or opened it slightly? Yeah. We were like comparing pictures and stuff. Well, you can only see half of the seven on the 27 in this one. And you can see it fully on here. So he he definitely closed his stance more. That's that's where we were with Stanton like back in May. Well, and it was such it was just such baffling. So baffling because I've said this before and I was talking this uh, with my family this weekend about this. Like you don't see the guy you know, perform badly before he's on the Yankees. You see whatever highlights you're watching of the Marlins and him hitting a ball, you know, 500 feet. That's what you see. You see the good stand. You don't see the bad stand. And there aren't many people who saw the bad stand, I don't think, in uh, in, in Florida just because there's nobody that goes to those games. Um, but, you know, that guy, that guy, I think, is an anomaly to, to a lot of people. You just see the good stand. And, and we saw the bad stand very, very up close and personal. Uh, and it was uh, it was just I think it was a very big shock. It was definitely uh, not up to the expectations that anybody had. Um, and Stanton is is now the good Stan. And this season he has eight of the top ten hardest hit balls according to Statcast. And the other two, one by Judge, one by Sanchez. 
Yeah. And, and you know what? To his credit, the entire time, he's had the same demeanor, it seems like. He said the right things the entire time. It doesn't seem like he uh, gets flustered in any way. Like, the guy is rock solid uh, upstairs, I think. And, and he just, you know, he was taking it as it was. It was uh, he was struggling. He knew it. He owned up to it. Uh, and, you know, he worked his ass off to get to get to the point where he is now. And now he's, you know, he's he's playing like one of the best uh, hitters in baseball. I mean, he's he's up there. If you it's it's funny now when you look back at this trade and how many people were pining uh, for, you know, the, the Yankees blowing the trade because of what he looked like earlier. But, you you know, we were setting up everybody in Yankee Nation and the world thinks that the Yankees were setting up for the uh, free agency of 2018 to 2019. Uh, for Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. But when you look at this deal and what happened with the 10-year deal now with Stanton and, you know, probably those guys are going to get something similar to that. I mean, it's like the Yankees went out and, and made one a deal for one of those guys. And probably, if you're looking at the numbers right now, got the better of, of, of all of them. I mean, like, he's, he's playing uh, out, of, out of his mind right now. He's certainly playing better than Bryce Harper. Yeah. Oh, so no if you're doubt. just comparing outfielder to outfielder, I mean, maybe you can argue that Bryce Harper fits into the Yankees need a little bit more because he's left-handed and he can play center field. Um, I guess you can make that argument. But if you're just comparing offensive numbers, Stanton's been a much better player than, than Harper has this season. Well, and, and Stanton has proved that he could go to all fields as well. So I, I don't think the fact that he won, and he hits the ball 121.7 miles per hour. So it really doesn't matter which field he hits it to. So I, I think when you're looking at Stanton, the, the left-handed bat thing is almost thrown out the window. It doesn't matter you know, which side of the plate he's swinging the, ball, uh, the bat from because he's going to crush it no matter what. Yeah, but the lefty-righty matchups, you know those are important to Boone. That's, that is true. He does play that card. My God, um, does he play that card. And they've also had to be, the Yankees have also been dealing with, you know, Walker, who has been playing well and has been playing all over the place. He had this weird illness and neck stiffness on Friday, which sat him out. Then he was playing right field on Saturday, again, because, she, um, because Stanton's dealing with the hamstring injury. So not only are they dealing with um, Judge and Sanchez and minor injury to Stanton, but even their, their guys who we didn't think we'd be relying on so heavily is also dealing with some stuff. Yeah, and it's a good thing that he came back and actually is starting to hit like Neil Walker because this team would have been in big trouble if he didn't. And I, I think that's one of the... Uh, you know, one of the one of the storylines I think that has has you know maybe been overlooked uh, for what this year is. I mean, he was so bad in the beginning of the year that you know everybody, including us, wanted him off the team uh, if he wasn't going to hit like Neil Walker is supposed to hit. But now that he is hitting and playing all over the place, we like him again, and he's great. It's a great addition now because he's doing what we want him to do. But he's been uh, you know a very integral part of this team because you know with obviously the injuries to to Judge and, and Sanchez, the offense needed a, a click up. And this guy's hitting home runs for both sides of the plate. He's out, out there playing right field, even though, you know, he's only had, uh, what, two games now in right field. So he's doing what the team needs him to do, and that's, and that's huge. If you had to guess, since July 1st, what is Neil Walker batting? If I had 97 to plate appearances. Since July 1st? Yeah. Uh, 275. 306. Okay. Yeah. With an 865 OPS, which is well above league average. That's awesome. I mean, they, they, I think... I, I I put him as a uh, a two seventy two eighty hitter. That's the guy I kind of expected to come over, and you know he's been better than that. I guess since July first. So so can we say that he's been a better signing than Chris Carter for the four million dollars? Oh, a thousand percent. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. He's like, he's still on the team. I mean he he's doing things for the, for the Yankees and being productive. He's helping the team right now. So yeah, absolutely. Um, more kind of 
injuries, maybe no injury, is Chapman. To me, he does not look healthy. I know he's been dealing with knee tendonitis on and off all season, but um, the last few played, the last few appearances by him were the walks. Uh, he's coming in and just not finding the plate. He has six walks in his last three appearances. Um, he his velocity was down in the last outing, ninety six miles an hour on Saturday. I know it was raining. I know it was crappy condi- conditions, but um, I don't know. He just does not look like the Chapman we saw for the first three months. Even with even with the the bad conditions, though, it seems like the pitch that he was going to that he could throw for a strike was the slider, and you wouldn't think that. You'd think that you'd be able to throw. A fastball still, even in wet conditions, uh, you know, without the without the spin, you'd be able to get a better grip on it and be able to throw it. And he's just not able to locate that fastball, and that's a problem because yeah, the slider has been good for him. He because he can use it off of the fastball, and even even if he's not throwing the fastball for strikes, people are you know they have to expect the fastball still, um, and and uh, and you know make sure that they're ready for it. But you can't rely on that slider for 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 a strike. You know, throwing pitch at this point, it's, he's just, he's going to start to get hit if if that if that's a trend that that could keep, that keeps going up. It's a it's a pitch that's supposed to be supplemental, not a not like it's a secondary pitch. It's not a, a primary pitch for him, and it, and it can't be. If it does start to become that, I think we're going to have bigger problems. So, what's going on with him? Is it is it injury? Is it irregular use that Boone just needs to get him into more um, more steady situations? What's going on? I have a problem saying anything about Boone and getting him in because he's he's been pitching. Uh, he's he was brought in a, a few times uh, this past week. Still not pitching well. Still not finding it. You could tell he's struggling badly. I have to think it's the tendonitis. I got to think there's something going on with him um, with in his lower half, and he's just not able to get his mechanics right because. I mean, the dude's not able to throw the ball over the plate <laughs> at all. And I know when he's when he's struggling, the the. Uh, you know, the location's not there. But we're at a point now where he can't throw a strike at all. You can't bring him into a high-leverage situation. It's very difficult to, to, to believe in Chapman in, in a high-leverage situation right now. It really is. Well, they got, I, I'm surprised Boone left him in on Saturday. In so that, am I. In that ninth inning. Because of the... It's not... Chapman never gets hit, right? We never see Chapman go in there and just give up a double and a home run. Boom. It's over. It's always walks. It's always a slow burn. He can't find the plate. He hits a batter. He gives up a, a cheap hit. He walks another batter. And then, boom, we're in a, in a terrible jam with him. That is almost more of a helpless feeling, almost more concerning than when a guy just goes out there and gets hit because that can just be, well, I was missing my location today. I'll fix it for the next time out. Well, yeah, but when you're missing your location, you're right because when you're missing your location so badly that guys are just putting the um, – they're not swinging the bat. They're just leaving it on their shoulder and waiting for you to walk them because that's what's been happening. He, he just hasn't proved that he could throw a, a ball over the plate. So if I'm, if I'm on the, um, the offensive side at that point, like I'm, I'm making this guy throw me strikes. He's got to throw me strikes. He's got to show me that he can throw strikes for me to even swing the, swing the bat. Um, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden you have a guy like J.D. Martinez who comes in and, and, you know, is expecting a strike and, you know, destroys a ball. So, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's very difficult. Again, I'll go back to the slider thing. Like, he's able to locate the slider, it seems like, which is, to me, strange. Um, but you, you cannot have that as a primary pitch. You, just, you can't have that as your primary strike-throwing pitch. It's got to be the fastball. So, Aaron Judge um, had the wrist injury on July 26th. Yep. We're approaching that three-week mark, which was what the Yankees originally said for the timetable on him. But it does not seem like he's going to come back soon. 
I think that's a good move because I think what the, the Yankees most importantly should be focusing on getting Judge and Sanchez back healthy in September and then having them both hitting as they go into October. I mean, that's, that's the priority right now. They have to make sure that they're, they're healthy. There's no doubt. Our, our guys, uh, Keith, uh, Keith McPherson and Conrad were at the, uh, uh, the Oakley signing, the Oakley uh, uh, announcement of Aaron Judge being their brand ambassador um, last week on Thursday. And he, or Friday, I think. He was, uh, but he talked about this, you know, talked about how he's feeling good, but they're still not able to, to get out there and, and really make baseball progress. Um, so I think they are taking it slowly. I think that's one of the big, the big things that they're doing right now. They, they cannot rush this guy because as, as we talked about in the top of the show, the big, the, what's, what's in front of us right now is the wild card. Yes, the division is there, but you cannot rush him back to try to get your team, uh, you know, and press for the division. You just can't do that. You got to get him healthy. And then when he's healthy and ready to go, whenever that is, you see where you are and you, and you bring Aaron judge back, but you got to bring him back healthy because you can't afford him to come back and then go out again for another month. Who comes back first, him or Sanchez? I think Aaron judge comes back first. Yeah. Because the, I mean, just the, the timetable was longer on, on Sanchez to, to begin with anyway. But yeah, Sanchez was, you know, I expected him to miss the entire month of August judge. I did not, but it's, it's looking closer to that. I mean, it looks like, you know, they may, if, if we're looking at timetables now, they may be uh, pretty close to, you know, you know, neck and neck at this point just because of Judge being delayed. But I don't know. I, I hope it's not anything more. I really don't. Yankees hit five homers <clears throat> on Thursday night, just totally teed off on the Rangers pitching. And then the Rangers flipped it on their head, teed off on Tanaka and the Yankees pitching on, on Friday. It was the first bad start for Tanaka since returning from the DL. He uh, gave up six earned runs, three homers in five innings. But if you looked at his previous 30 innings over five starts coming back from the DL, he only allowed six earned, six earned runs and three homers total. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can't talk. So he basically uh, doubled the earned runs and the home runs allowed in his one start. Yeah, and he had a bad outing, right? That's what we're chalking it up for. Um, he's been really good since. It's, uh, this Guzman kid has been destroying the Yankees. Apparently he just hits home runs against us. Um, and Chu, Chu destroyed and the Yankees Chu, all weekend. Chu as well, but the Guzman kid is just the one that that like rubs. I'm like, I, really? Why <laughs> he hit three home runs? Really? This guy was crushing us early in the season too when we lost that series um, in Texas. So, uh, hey, look, he had a bad start. He wasn't locating the ball. He couldn't. He he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't able to throw the ball over the plate with consistency. He wasn't you know executing his pitches. Uh, he he was he walked I think three guys as well. So it was a bad start with him. You know, unless we see this as a trend, we chalk it up as a, a blip. That that's what you have to, I think, tell yourself because well, we have no choice at this point. We have no choice at this point with the way this rotation is going. At least uh, Tanaka was kind of taking that mantle of being the constant in the rotation, being every fifth day. I'll give you something to lean on, where I can go deep into this game and give give us a chance to win. And that was a bad start. So we have to just say it's a blip on the radar or else it's going to be full panic mode, I think. Well, I mean, since the, since the guys have come over from the trades, you know, they've actually been very good and really solidified the, uh, the rotation. Hap. Yeah, they have. They've, they've, so the I mean, only guys... have been guys, injured, obviously, or disgustingly sick. I don't know how else <laughs> to say it. Head, mouth, and foot disease. I just I don't even know what this is. Again, Oregon Trail diseases are coming back. Um, I don't get it, but penicillin they, they, they is have, now available. Like we can fix this, thing. right? Right? Yeah, we we don't have to do that anymore. But they have uh, added a level of consistency since they've been back with the starts that they've had. Lynn, obviously, with that first um, start after the after the Boston series, 
was very good. And then, you know, pitched well again. Um, and then Hap has just been that, that guy who, who's been who's come in, give you quality starts. So I think we've seen more consistency. We haven't seen the Sunny Gray blow-ups un- until, you know, today. Well, we haven't seen the Sunny Gray blow-ups because he's been relegated to the last man in the bullpen. Right. But that's but what I'm saying is that we've seen some consistency. So the um, the fact that Tanaka did have this blip, it's, uh, it's, it's more of a minor situation as we currently stand because of Lynn and Hap. And the Yankees scored seven runs in that game, so they still were in that game, but the bullpen was trash too. Yeah. No, it's true. There's a, it seems like we still haven't really found this team hitting all cylinders, right? We have not found at the, the same offense time, going at the same time right. where, where, we've, where we've had everybody playing well. It just hasn't happened yet. Maybe, maybe uh, late May, early June when they, when they went on that tear. That yeah, was maybe the closest if, thing we've seen. I'd say there were a few games in there, but even then, like the offense was was ridiculous, and you know they were picking up uh, sometimes with the starters. The starters were good early in the season, and, and the offense was nothing. And you know they're, they've played role reversals. It seems like they're just we haven't seen this team like fully hit full steam yet. Well, you said Oregon Trail diseases for Hap, but maybe he got it from riding the subway. You see that he was riding the four train after yeah. the game. Yeah, does well, he not know to to not lick the subway poles? Maybe he doesn't know. There's there's an etiquette in in the subway that he doesn't understand. I think. Yeah. He, he maybe was was shaking hands with the homeless people on the subway. That's how he got the the ear mouth and and toe disease or whatever it's called. <laughs> Something's going on with him. Uh, I, I like the fact that he's riding the subway. I, I gotta say, I like that. It that makes, is, uh, makes me it's, style. He, he's an everyday guy. You know that that makes me uh, that makes me like him even more. So uh, I appreciate it. But let's um let's keep our hands in our pockets. And obviously, no one recognized him because he's been on the Yankees for for barely a minute, and he just looks like you know, you know, your ordinary white dude. Yeah, he looks like a doctor coming home from uh, f- you know, from a long day, just uh, just just ready to go. Um, so I want to talk about Zach Britton, who has not looked good since coming to the Yankees. In his six and a third innings, he's given up five runs. He blew the save in Chicago. And then he blew the game on Saturday. Yankees ended up coming back, and Duhar saved his ass. But he's allowed, in those six and the third innings, six hits and six walks. Yeah, it's bad. The, the walks are the, are the biggest concerning thing for me, too. And he's doing it in situations where he's, he's like, he looks good early in the inning, and then, and then all of a sudden he's, uh, he's losing his control. And I don't really understand that. I did, I did not expect a guy coming in uh, like Zach Britton to, to walk guys. I, I just... You know, I, I did not expect that at all. If he's getting hit up a little bit, you know, I think he's uh, he's obviously not had the greatest season. But before the before the trade, he started to look like he was turning the corner and look like that that good Zach Britton again. Not the not the same two thousand what fifteen or sixteen uh, Zach Zach Britton, but he's still looking like a, a very good uh, relief relief guy that can slide in here and, and even get a save now and again. But no, he has not been the guy we expected for sure. Right, you talked about he totally, it's like a, a switch was flipped in that inning. He got the first two batters out easily and then allowed two hits and two walks. Yeah. So what, what changed there? And he gave up the hits to some lefties too. And I know he's had reverse splits this year, but it was very, very small sample size. In his career uh, with the Orioles out of the bullpen, he has dominated left-handed batters. They can't get anything off of him. Yeah, I hope it's not something where, you know, there's fatigue because of the injury. And 
I guess that's a real thing, especially when you're coming back from such a uh, a big leg injury, a, a lower half injury. You know, with a with a pitcher, then you're not able to execute your pitches. And you know, he like like we said, we started the inning well, but not finishing the inning off. So, is there some kind of a fatigue thing there? Is there something getting disrupted? You know, towards in the middle of the inning. There's just uh, it's concerning to me because the guy is is. Uh, you know, supposed to be a very big part of, of what we're what we're going to be doing in the bullpen uh, as the season goes on, and we're not seeing all these guys be you know as they were last year. They're not their dominant self like they were last year. So now he is needed to be a significant cog in this uh, bullpen, and he's just not pitching well. Yeah, the quote unquote super bullpen at the trade deadline, we said, okay, well maybe the Yankees they got Hap, which is great, but at least they assembled a super bullpen where we can shorten games even more. But in the recent week. Chad Green has looked hittable. He's given up three runs in his last five innings, seven hits and a walk. A.J. Cole, since they traded away Warren and gave Adam Warren the A.J. Cole role, has pitched seven innings, given up 11 hits and five earned runs. Holder had the terrible Boston series. Chapman's dealing with these possible knee issues. So the Super Bowl pen just looks ordinary. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, Holder's starting to pitch better again. It seems like he's... He did. He rebounded today. Yeah, but for sure. He's come back a little bit. Um, and I mean, he's still the, one of the big guys that, that Boone is relying on. And he did get out of a big jam with a big strikeout today. So um, it, it's good to see that. Obviously, AJ Cole, AJ Cole's a weird thing. Like, I was very surprised that they gave up on the, the Warren trade really surprised me um, because they, you know, obviously the Boone and Cashman and whomever else was in that decision just said that, OK, AJ Cole, we've seen him barely. We've seen him a little bit, but he's pitched well when he's come in. Let's just give him the role that, that Adam Warren, a guy that has been here for a long time, that's been trusted by the organization for a while. It was a, it was a bold move, and I, it doesn't seem like so far it's paid off. Uh, and Warren had been having a, a pretty solid season, too. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could still say, well, they can easily move on from A.J. Cole and, and call back up Tommy Canely. Although, uh, like we said on the last the hell knows what the hell's going on was, there. Canely yeah. might have pictures of, on somebody because it, they seem to, to hate him. Yeah, they do hate him. Maybe it's because he's an Eagles fan. So, so you think Cashman, big big Giants, uh, big, big Giants Eagles rivalry, just doesn't like that they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he's very outspoken about it. You know, that could be it. Maybe he's a really he's he is a terrible Fortnite player, from what I understand. That could be uh, playing into it. Maybe Cashman's a big Fortnite guy, and uh, nobody knows it. You I know like where you're going with this. There, there could be some know. things here. Yeah. All right, you excited for Players Weekend? I know you love Players Weekend. Let's go. Let's go. Players weekend. Give me some give me some uh give me some XFL jerseys. Give me some some horrible give me give me the uh the old pickles nickname on the back of the guy. I can't wait for him to come in in a in a terrible uh in a terrible game of mop up duty wearing pickles. It's gonna be awesome. Spring training uniform with nicknames on the back. Um you still have your hard O's like Gardner say no, just put my last name on it. Gotta love that. All right, so this is the second year of it. It's going to be August 24th, 25th, and 26th. The Yankees are in Baltimore that weekend. How much longer is this going to go before this, this, um, this wears off? I mean, I guess people are buying these jerseys, right? That's the whole reason they're doing it. Yeah. And some of these guys are savvy because Didi's changing his nickname up. And you More might jersey say, well, sales. Exactly. <laughs> New, I, I have the Sir Didi um, jersey from last year but i gotta get the night jersey this year boom cha-ching more yeah. money no doubt about it you got to change it up i mean if you're going to play the game play the game let's you know just do it do it correctly and, and you can uh you can make a little bit of money um dd's not stupid he knows what he's doing you see him doing a lot of promotions during the during the season as well so 
Look, you know, I, I, I mock it because I think it's dumb, but whatever. I think some people do like it. I think the younger uh, fans enjoy it. It's, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. Like, I, I do think it's dumb. I, 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 don't, I don't like looking at it, but I don't care enough. I'm not, I'm not telling everybody to get off my lawn on this one. It's, uh, it just kind of is what it is. It'll be there, and then it'll be gone. And that's, that's how I feel about it. But I, I must say, Gardner is trending, right? Because we got now, what, four guys? You got, uh, you got Bird going with Bird. I mean, some could say that that's a nickname and it's actually a Bird, but it's, it is his last name. Uh, Gardner going with Gardner. Higgy's uh, no longer, is not Higgy. He's uh, using his full last name. And then right, Shane say Robinson. It, say it. No, no. Higgishikoa. Higgishikoa. Nope. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> and, then, uh, and, then, and then Sugar Shane Robinson having the perfect opportunity going boring. I mean, if I'm Shane Robinson, I'm, I'm going all I'm going all out with this one, and I'm definitely putting Sugar Shane on there. Like, well, he knows. I mean, he is he still going to be on the roster on August twenty fourth? I mean, who that's cares? A yeah, full probably. two weeks away. Come on, he, he's going to someone be our else has to take over. Right fielder, he's Look, batting 048. The I, I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> he's still going to be there probably. The bottom line is, if I'm him, I'm not putting my last name on there. I'm doing something. Yeah, celebrate yeah. it. You're there. Celebrate and, it. And uh, did you see Glaber going with GT? Which yeah. Francesa tried to nickname him GT back in May for about a week. No one, no one did it. But here we are, a couple months later, and uh, Francesa called it. He nicknamed him GT, and I guess uh, that's what he's going with. A little insider trading here. Is there a little uh, little deal here Possibly. between the the sports pope and Glaber? Possibly. Maybe there. Maybe there's. Maybe there's going to be a, a partnership announced. It could be. This could be big. Maybe this is the reason why Glaber was really uh, trying to to learn English. He's going to be uh, making that weekly spot. On uh, Mike's up. Any of these other ones stick out to you that you like? I, I respect the Lance Lynn one. He's using his daughter's name on his back, Mia. That's, yes, I think that is uh, what a family man that guy. Like the snowman comes out there and with the with the dad bod and puts his his daughter's name on his back. Got to respect that. And Britain is honoring his Dominican roots. Did you know he has Dominican roots? Nah, just pitch better, bro. Like I just need you to pitch better. I don't, I don't care about your roots right now. I'll, I'll, I will, I will look at your roots and, and talk about them and, and, and all of that if you pitch better. Otherwise, I don't want to know anything about you. I like Andujar going with Papa. Yeah, that's good. That's he's hitting. He's hitting. Right now, he's mashing the ball. He deserves Papa. It's, it's, uh, it's good. I mean, that's, that's what everybody calls him, right? Papa Andui. So I like it. Um, all right, so during this makeup game against the Mets, Severino is going to be going against DeGrom. I think this is a really good opportunity against a, a tough pitcher for Severino to to return to the first half Severino form. Yeah, I mean, he's going against a tough pitcher, but he's also going up against a, a horrible Mets lineup. So there's an opportunity here for him to mow over some, he knows, uh, some Mets. He knows. I got to put up zeros because DeGrom's yes. going to do the same. No doubt. Um, so, yeah, it's a good opportunity. He's got to start off right. I mean, that's what we've seen. Him, he's he's been uh, over the the past couple of starts. We're we're seeing him find his groove, but not start off uh, as Severino. So if he can come out of the gate with uh, with Luis Severino, I think that'll just give him that added uh, that added you know confidence in his stuff, and hopefully he can just continue to execute his mechanics and and do what he got to do. But yeah, we need to see him put together a a, a full start, and and uh, you know I'm I'm confident. I'm confident in Severino. Everything looks okay. I don't think there's. I don't think anything looks concerning to me, like with the eye test or you know what's going on with his uh, mental makeup or any of that stuff. Like, I feel like he's he's still in a good place, just just hiccuping on the mechanics a little bit. So I'm expecting a a rebound. And then three against the Tampa Bay bullpen. So that's always annoying. 
All right, let's get to mailbag questions. If you guys want to submit questions, uh, you can do so by going to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast, and there is a form that you can fill out and, and email us, or you can post in the Facebook group. It's the Bronx Pinstripe Show, and also tweet us at Yankees Podcast. The first question is from Troy let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do Did, it. Do you know it? Do you know I the, do. Because I, okay. I told him I butchered it on the last one. Oh, and, right. Yeah. And he actually gave me a, a phonetic spelling. And there's not a mil- I, I literally could have had a thousand tries to pronounce his name, and I never would have gotten it. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's, uh, it's a Tiviash. Oh, God. Tiviash. Yeah, no. And it's spelled T H I V I E R G E. Troy. Tiviash. Troy. Tiviash. Like shh. Like S H H. See, I know my name is not even that difficult, and every teacher in school butchered it. So, Troy, I know your pain, man. That I is, mean, you uh, don't know his pain. His pain is way worse than your pain. That's true. <laughs> he says, why isn't Miguel Andujar being taken seriously for AL Rookie of the Year? His line, 294, 328, 832. He has 31 doubles, leads all rookies, and 17 home runs. He doesn't have the best on-base percentage and strikes out 19% of the time. Glaber strikes out. 18.5% of the time. He's first in runs scored, first in hits, first in RBIs, second in average, third in homers, third in OPS. I understand Glaber mania, but the do looks like the front runner to me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. one, I don't think people are not taking him seriously for AL Rookie of the Year. I think he is being taken seriously for, uh, for you know, the honors because... The guy's been ridiculous. I mean, he's been uh, he's been you know unbelievable this year. The glove, obviously, he's not a good fielder right now. It's just there's no other way to put I it. I can't watch him back up on a ground ball again. I mean, he, he had two errors today again. Uh, you know, he had a third one saved um, at first base. So, you know, he's he's definitely struggling with the glove. There's no doubt about it. But he made a he also made a nice uh, you know a nice play on the line uh, and made a good throw across the diamond. So you're seeing you're seeing some flashes of of like nice plays, but. He's definitely. There's no doubt about it. Like in the off season, this dude's got to improve his uh, his fielding. But you win rookie of the year with your offensive numbers. That everybody knows that. But um, the uh, I think we're we're seeing Andujar just be very consistent though for basically the entire time up. I, I think in the beginning we saw you know him overswinging a little bit and being trying to be a little bit aggressive. But he's really found his own, and it seems like this guy is uh, is you know hitting. We're seeing what he can be as a um, as a hitter. And to me, when you're when you're getting more at bats and you're getting more looks at these guys, you're just going to become more of a seasoned pro at the plate. And uh, he's coming up clutch too. Like the numbers that he's he's hitting, he's hitting home runs. Uh, the other night he hit one with uh, with two outs uh, in a in a big situation after uh, Chicago had just tied the game at three. Comes out with a two out big home run, or uh, that was against Texas. And you know that's that's a big deal when you when you when you're coming in as a rookie and and getting those. Um, those big hits in big situations. And I love the fact that he's doing it with two outs. And Andujar's OPS in, in his own right is 832, um, as Troy said. And I think what a lot of um, – the reason a lot of Yankees fans fell in love with Glaber in the first uh, part of the year is because he was getting big hits, right? We right. saw him all with all the three-run homers, the walk-off hits – the moment's not too big for him. But it appears the same applies to Andujar because he had a bunch of big hits this week, including the, the game-winning hit in Chicago in extra innings and then the go-ahead home run against Texas on Saturday. Yeah, and, I mean, and obviously we've seen uh, since Glaber has come back, he's, he's definitely struggled. I mean, he's, he's in a, uh, he's in a, 
a, a rut right now. I think when I saw it, it was like eight for 40 something. So he's not hitting the, the ball. And, and early in the season, he was hitting home runs. Nobody expected him to hit home runs. And the guy was hitting the ball out of the ballpark, you know, consistently. And, and that was getting a lot of attention. And, and yeah, there were a lot of three run shots, a lot of big home runs. So, you know, he, he was definitely hitting timely, uh, but it's going to be the whole body of work at the end of the season. And they're going to see what they are, but it's going to be close. I mean, Andujar certainly is in the running. So I, I to, to Troy's, First point, like, I do think he's being taken seriously for, for Rookie of the Year, absolutely. You know who's not in the running anymore? Who? Otani. Oh, true. Otani-san. He's, he's right. hitting, though, right? I mean, he can still hit. Yeah, he's still hitting, but um, it's still... It's, it, it, I think he, the, the fact when he was pitching and hitting, um, I think everyone was just obsessed with him for that, and yeah. now that he's just a hitter, it's just, it's just a regular player. Yeah, I mean, if they were to have him come back, I know there was talk of him coming back to pitch. I don't know if that's still a thing, but uh, I would be very surprised if they did, especially given where they are right now currently in the standings. I would, I would be very surprised if they came back uh, and let him pitch again this year. Yeah, they totally fell off a cliff, too, because back in May they were on, in playoff contention, in the wild card race. And right. Totally fell on their faces. Okay, the next question is from Vincent Vega. He says, is the fact that Bird is sitting against the lefty Sunday mean they no longer view him as what they once did? I'm fine with it, but are they going to give playoff at-bats to Voight against lefties? If not, then there's no need for a manager. Might as well sit a desktop at the bottom steps of the dugout. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the the lefty righty switches on every single friggin' starter when we're seeing with uh, with Bird and the, uh, it just seems like it's happening way too much. I, I think if you want Greg Bird to to find uh, any kind of consistency, you got to let him in. You got to leave him in there uh, against lefties. Let him let him hit and and try to let him find his groove. I mean, the guy's been good against left hand pitching. Or he's been okay against. He's been good. He's been better. as good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. No. Nope. I'm not saying I know, but I said good. He hasn't been good against righty or lefty pitching, but he's been as good as he is against righty. It hasn't made a difference. Is the point. So I feel like you got to give him consistent at bats, and and that's just not happening. Um, and if it's because of the matchup, like the fact that this uh, the Voight kid is in now, and he you know he could pick a ball. I'll give him that. He could play some decent defense. <laughs> he um, did. He made a couple of nice picks today. Yeah. Um, and Didi was phenomenal in the field today. Absolutely, he was. And, and you know that could be something against. That could be a reason why Bird is struggling is sitting as well. I mean, he he's not really shown that great in the field either. So the fact that he's not hitting and not. You know, pick. I mean, that ball, the the one uh, uh, where he, where he should have gotten that Andujar the sun, at the end of the, the game. Sunday night game. The Sunday Absolutely, night game. should have picked that ball. So, you know, it's not just offensively. Like, I don't think he's been playing well defensively as well. So that could play into it. But at the same time, if you want to get him going, and if he is part of that, uh, you know, part of the the plans in that sense, then you got to give him more at bats. Right, especially after a game where he got two doubles yeah. the day before. Such like, a Girardi move. There. The, the, the lefty they were facing today is not, you're not facing Chris Sale. Right. And, and like we said, Birds actually has a higher OPS against lefties than he does righties this season. 799 compared to 690. That's a, neither is good. <laughs> but yeah, that's, but that was my difference. point. Like, we're not talking about good baseball here. Right, but, but you're not saying that this guy disappears against lefties. In no. fact, he seems to be having a little bit better quality at-bats against lefties. I mean, do we all forget the, the, the playoff home run he hit against freaking Andrew Miller, who's one of the best lefty well, relievers? Boone, Boone was not managing the Yankees at that point. I know so that. He, but might he, not, he might not be aware of it. He, maybe he was calling the game. He may have actually <laughs> called the home run. The, I mean, the, the point is, is that we, we've seen him in high-leverage situations go up against very, very talented lefties and do well. 
I just think you got to give the guy, if, if he is that guy that you think he is, um, you know, if you think that Voight gives you a better opportunity to win at that point and he's just a better hitter, then, you know, do what you think is right. But I still think they think Bird is the first baseman and will be the first baseman. I, I, and if they if that is the case, then they got to give him more at bats and against lefties, they they got to do it. They can't just keep pulling him every single time a lefty comes up. <clears throat> the next question is from John at underscore John four two six. If you co- could go back in time and hire Cora instead of Boone, would you do that? No, I still <laughs> like Boone. I still I still think um, I still think he's doing a good job. Yeah, Cora is uh, definitely has the attention of that team and seems like he's doing a, a really good job out there. Um, but I don't know. You can't really. Uh, he wasn't. We said he wasn't Cora even, outmanaged Boone last weekend. We we sat on the podcast and said that Cora was never even in my mind as a, as a potential uh, guy to to manage the Yankees. Just he wasn't there. So uh, you know that would be like saying just pull some other random dude in here and, and say that um, you know if I could choose this this other random dude is doing well or Boone the guy that we hired would I do that. No, I have a hard time going back and, and, and playing this game um, because I still think Boone's going to be a very good manager. I still think he's done a good job. And I, and I, I still think that, um, you know, he can lead this team to, uh, to good things. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm happy with Boone still. Well, another popular take on Yankees Twitter is that the Yankees would be in a better spot today with Girardi than they are Boone. Well, of course that's, you know, the grass is always greener. The same people were bitching and complaining about Girardi every night, so... You know, maybe Hensley Mullins would have gotten uh, five more five more wins from this team. Who knows? Well, I understand that they're different teams and different scenarios, and everything's different. But last year on this date, the Yankees had 13 fewer wins than they do this year. There we go. <laughs> Let's use that stat when it's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question is from Dylan Pescatore at Dylan Pescatore one. What would the postseason rotation be? So let's just say wild card game is tomorrow. Every they've lined up their pitching. What's the rotation? I think it's going to go uh, if like today if it, if the season ended, it would go um, Severino, uh, Tanaka, CC. Depending on the matchup, I think they could flip those two, you know, interchangeably. Then it would go Hap Lynn. If if you're talking about five, well, you yeah, we're not. But we're talking about four. Stars, then I think four. I think Hap would probably get the the last one, and Lynn would be the uh, one of the first guys in if if a guy were to get in trouble. Sonny Gray yeah. probably not even on the roster. I agree. Sonny Gray is probably not on the roster. So if you're talking Severino goes in the wild card game, that means Tanaka is starting game one at Fenway Park. I could actually see them going Hap game two Fenway Park, and then CC is going to pitch back at home against the Red Sox. I I, I think. They would probably feel more comfortable with that. I think, yeah, again, the way it would line up, I could see CC uh, pitching at home. Um, I don't know. Tanaka's, we've, we've seen some good starts from Tanaka in Fenway as well. So I think that. So I think they're comfortable they with Tanaka way. starting in Fenway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, Hap has those numbers against the Red Sox that um, everyone loved to cite when, they, when the Yankees traded for him. So. Don't you kind of have to see that first though, firsthand? Oh, of course, I kind of have, have to see, see that, that first. Firsthand. I'm not banking on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm Are you not kidding go- me. I, I can't really sit those numbers and be like, okay, I feel good about this. No, no, no. That's no, why no. I was so. Uh, I was very much looking forward to that. Uh, what was supposed to be Hap against Evaldi right. last weekend? Yeah, yeah. Evaldi got shelled the other day, by the way. But um, yeah, I, I saw. Believe me, I saw. That. <laughs> the. Uh, yeah, I mean, they could flip-flop it. But I, I think when you're looking at those four guys, that's, those are the guys. But Lynn, I think, would be the first, the first um, stopper out of, the, out of the, the bullpen if someone were to get in trouble. And, I mean, people are asking Sonny Gray, no, at this point, no. There, he has not earned a spot on this roster. 
not even in the bullpen. I don't know how you could, you know, maybe if he's like the mop up long guy, if, if there's one more spot and they needed to add another pitcher, then he could be a, uh, I guess a security blanket because he can go longer. But you know, what are you getting from that? Like we, we saw him do, we saw him uh, pitch three innings on the road and look good and, and got this, got the, the save and the, or he got the win. Uh, but then we saw him come out today and stink it up again. And he was just bad. And, and yeah, he had some dribblers in his dribblers, first, but, that's but the not second inning, seven run eh, but the second inning on. he, he was getting hit hard and, and I agree it was bad. So, and he got booed off again. And I swear to God, he was fighting the smile. Uh, well against Chicago, it was on the road and Higgy was catching. And now at home, he's got Romine catching. Romine's bad news. With the Yankees fans who hate him at Yankee Stadium booing him, so maybe he just needs it. maybe he needs the backup catcher at all times. It doesn't matter who that guy is; it's just always just, the backup. Catcher. Yeah, it just can't you be could the be the backup catcher, right. and he would prefer to throw to you. Yes, it cannot be the starter. He doesn't like throwing to the starter. So then, what they should do is when Sanchez comes off the DL, they should just tell Sonny Gray he's the backup catcher. Done. That's great. Let's trick him. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Um, again, guys, submit mailbag questions for every Monday episode as well as call the voicemail line, 646-480-0342. We have some voicemails coming up. You're going to hear uh, a couple of the, the stragglers from the last, uh, last week's Sunday, Sunday night. night meltdown and all that stuff. So um, I guess you get to relive that stuff, right? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fun. We, uh, it's I, fun to uh, the bipolar phone calls are, are terrific. Honestly, from like the, the, the beginning of the week, and then you get to the end, you see the the, the tone of the Yankee fan and, and the guys that call. So I, I think they're hilarious. We we don't edit them. We edit them to put them together, but we don't edit really much of any of uh, any of it. So we we certainly don't bleep out words. I can tell you that much. Um, but the, the, I got to tell you, the, the young kid who's calling, you're you're concerning me, young man. You're concerning me a little bit. Let's let's just relax a little bit, huh? <laughs> That, you mean the hashtag kill Sonny Gray yeah, doesn't make you feel good? No, that kid's concerning me a bit. You know, maybe, maybe, we're not setting, maybe we're not setting a great example here. How old is he? Dude, I don't know. 13? 12? Oh, I was going to put the over under at 12 and a half. So. Okay. Yeah. So good. that's a good, uh, good, good prop bet. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. I love the passion. Because you know what? If, I, if there was podcasts back when I was 12, I would have been doing the same exact thing that this kid is doing. All right, guys. Well, uh, oh, last thing: get your tickets. Make sure you get them in today. Today's the last day, and uh, really, I'm um, looking forward to uh, to seeing everybody over the weekend. All right, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Close loss, no worries, we'll be back, it ain't over, we'll be back, tough times though, tough times. We need to make some changes here, I think it's, it's getting ridiculous, I, I didn't have a sick game and watch it, sad, it really is, falling behind a lot, I think we're about nine and a half, maybe ten games behind now, and there's not much season left, so we gotta... Get on here. I'm sitting in my bedroom, playing Xbox on the television, and I have the game on because I'm talking to my friend about the game. I'm watching the game for the last time, and 
Awesome. I see four one on the game. So I start to focus. I'm watching it. First and second, and yep, sure enough, Chapman blows that with Martinez up, becomes four three, and then four four. So now I'm really paying attention, and I'm saying there's a lamp right next to my bed in my room, and I said if this lamp. I'm sorry, I said if this this lead gets blown, the Red Sox win, a walk-off, which they do, because he's fucking ugly, Andrew Benintendi, and I'm, I'm busting this, this fucking lamp over my head. All the people out there, they're saying, oh, we should have traded for Machado, we should have traded for Machado, we should have traded for Machado. The fuck you gonna do? You gonna fucking close the game out, motherfuckers? What the fuck? Sick of it. Shut the fuck up. Hey guys, Andrew, Scott. Just wondering what um your thoughts are on about Aaron Boone. Who start questioning the manager, the decision to get rid of Girardi now, or is that a little too uh impulsive? I mean after this Red Sox loss, the extra innings loss, I'm talking about four game sweep, the nine and a half games back now. Only two and a half games in the wild card. I mean, what do you do? Is there someone to blame or is it just bad play and they'll get out of it? I don't know. I mean, this is absolutely brutal to watch them play baseball right now. But do you blame Boone? And if so, what do you blame? To call in, I'd love to leave a little bit of an idea of what happened during the game or after the game. I woke up this morning to find out the Yankees lost and watched a replay. All I can say is growing pains, man. I mean, Miggy Andujar has been playing a great third base. He could have ended the game right there. He bounced the ball to Bird. To me, that was the season right there. Chapman. Chapman's Chapman. The same guy that could hit the backstop four times and he could dot the corner four times. So, it is what it is. I think is that it's Boston's year. They're having a phenomenal historic run. And we still got the wild card to chase, too chase after so let's just hope for the best but the Yankees are two years ahead of schedule they're exciting they're young they're going to grow in front of us any other franchise will enjoy watching what we're watching so if they fall short this year we still had a great season it's still only August what 6th 7th we'll be fine hey man thank you for your uh, Twitter account and thank you for letting us vent every now and again peace out um When's the last time the Yankees have closed out a ninth inning at Fenway? I don't remember. That was terrible. I'm at a loss for words. I'm hungover as fuck. Chapman, throw a damn strike. Bird, catch the ball. Fucking hit price. Kill me now. Dude. This was such a weird game. The White, oh my, 13 innings. Where do I start? CC came in 12 Ks, five and two thirds. Awesome. Chad came in. Awesome. Every pitch after that, no hits. Awesome. And Zach Britton scaled that one homer to Jose. And they just kept coming back. But so, the, Sonny Gray. Andrew Scott, your boy Sonny Gray did good. I and he didn't smile. 
he was intense and he was full. Mm, I'm loving this bullpen, Sonny Gray, baby. Good win tonight. Let's go, Yanks. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. This series have n could have not gone any worse for the Yankees. I I I'm literally speechless. If this was a series that cannot, uh, it shouldn't have happened and it couldn't happen, but it did. And uh, Aaron Judge and Sanchez injuries cannot come at a better time, but we cannot make excuses. And y'all, we just, we literally just need to stop worrying about this series and move on. We have a series in Chicago that we need to win. These are must-win games for the postseason. Now we are... Only two and a half games up on the wild card. I can't even believe that. But we have to make a push. We have to. For the season. It's something that we would never thought of. But we got to bounce back, guys. Go Yanks. And whoever is saying, oh, we need Machado, we need Machado, screw y'all. All right? The youth of this team really showed in this series. Glaber... He was literally swinging at everything, being too aggressive. Miguel, he defensively, he made two errors in the last game, but his his inexperience showed, and he shows why he's a rookie. I mean, just a little don't hit play, didn't take another step and throw, make a good throw, and it cost us the game. Simple as that. Chapman almost had it done, but we cannot. If you want Machado, if you needed Machado now, we would have gave up so much more, dude. This is ridiculous. We have the team that we have now, and we're sticking with it. We have to. And we have to make a push. We have to, guys. Go Yanks. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.